Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, some interesting questions being asked about a planned Calgary Addictions Treatment Center, which has sort of quietly fallen by the wayside. As uh, Sean Logan writes in the Calgary Herald today, it was a bold plan backed by some of Alberta's most noteworthy public figures and philanthropists, both with their time and their wallets. More than 40 years, Recovery Acres Society, a registered charity in the city, has helped some 13,000 people in their battle to overcome addiction. Facing high demand and a space crunch in an aging facility in Marta Loop, the agency embarked on an ambitious fundraising campaign for a new facility. Back in 2013, on a prime piece of land, it acquired for the project in Tuxedo Park. In January, though, Recovery Acres conditionally sold the 17,000-square-foot lot in Center Street North and 29th Ave, the final nail in the coffin for an initiative once dubbed Breaking New Ground. So what happened here? Joining us uh, for more is the aforementioned uh, Sean Logan, Calgary reporter with Post Media. Sean, thanks for making some time for us here. Thank you. How are you doing, Rob? Very well. So, yeah, this this was a pretty high-profile uh, initiative, and, and it seems like such a, a contrast for it to just kind of vanish so quietly. Yeah, and, and certainly uh, they had s- several of Calgary's uh, more notable figures and uh, and fundraisers on board. Uh, it had all the signs of being a very successful venture uh, when it uh, started off, and uh, things just, uh, I think, got away from it. So what went wrong here then? Well, and I certainly uh, think there was nothing but the best of intentions. Uh, it, it seems that... There was great belief on behalf of the uh, the, the folks at uh, Recovery Acres that they were going to receive at some point about $7 million from the province. Uh, now, of course, uh, those handshake deals or uh, verbal agreements go back to uh, the Ralph Klein days. So we've seen successive premiers since then, and uh, it's been handed over to the next and the next and the next. And they were always of the belief that the money would come through. And I think they hit a point where they realized that it, it wasn't going to be salvageable. Is part of that because of of changing provincial priorities? Was, did it, this depend a lot on the province backing this kind of an approach? Well, and and that's certainly what uh, the the uh, uh, the executive at uh, Recovery Acres say that uh, the province wanted to get away from uh, the the residential beds for uh, uh, for uh, people with addictions, but. Uh, there's others who were uh, firm supporters of the plan who, who believe that it was very necessary. And, uh, of course, they uh, gave a lot of money and their time towards it. And they feel that uh, I think they gave up too early and too easily. Part of the story involves uh, Jamie Soleil, medal-winning uh, figure skater. Of course, uh, her husband, um, former NHL player Craig Simpson. So very high-profile individuals, and they were right at the center of this. Uh, Jamie Soleil was the honorary co-chair of this fundraising campaign, but... It seemed as though they had a, a an acrimonious kind of parting of the ways. So what, what well, happened there? 
And it was certainly tough for uh, Jamie. Uh, she she had a, a family member who went through recovery acres, so of course it was very close to her heart. She was a very strong believer in this project and, and gave her time and, and certainly uh, her husband Craig Simpson's uh, foundation uh, supported it financially. Um, and I think uh, a couple of years back, she saw that uh, it was sort of going off the rails, that uh, it didn't appear that it was going forward with what the initial plan was, which she was a very strong supporter of. Uh, she asked to have her name removed from anything to do with it. Uh, I think she saw the writing on the wall, and and, uh, and I, I know just talking to her, uh, she was very hurt uh, by what had happened to it. Interesting. So... What, what's become of the money then, the money that was raised to, to try to make this happen, and then I guess now the, the money from the sale of this land? Um, well, Recovery Acres, a couple of years ago, after they realized that uh, they, they probably weren't going to make a reality of this, uh, they shifted gears a little bit, and, and they wanted to uh, start a new uh, women's program on the same site, a new facility. Uh, they, they slimmed it down a bit, including their ask to the province, uh, so it went from about a $14 million plan to a $10 million plan. Uh, they hoped, uh, because it was uh, sort of a uh, underserved sector, that uh, they could get that provincial funding. But again, uh, they they were rebuffed. I'm, I'm sure very politely, but uh, they didn't see the money coming. So they realized the only option left on a piece of land that was uh, beginning to uh, drive up their debt was to sell it uh, for whatever they could make. Um, uh, now they. Uh, uh, say that they plan to uh, reinvest any of that uh, funding into their women's program and the existing program, and, and certainly they've been very clear that any of the uh, donors uh, who, who feel that uh, their money has not been properly uh, uh, used uh, can get it returned. Yeah, well, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's important to be upfront about all of that and transparent because obviously groups like this, I mean, they're, they're going to have to in the future, you know, appeal to the public, look for support. And I think they, they rely on that kind of generosity. And yeah, if you've left a bad taste in people's mouths about how you've been going about it, that, that doesn't bode well for, for the future. So No, and it's certainly dangerous. I mean, we, we certainly know that charities in the city have, uh, over the last few years, uh, seen uh, quite a bit less than they are used to uh, during the uh, salad days in Alberta. So uh, it, it's it's it can be very tricky for a charity if uh, if donors um, feel burned. And uh, I don't know if that's going to happen here, but I know some of the ones I've talked to feel that uh, it didn't go the way they were expecting, and they're pretty unhappy about it. Yeah, it seems like it. Well, uh, more details again, calendarherald.com. Sean, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. All right, Sean Hogan, uh, Logan, rather, uh, Post Media Calgary reporter, has been tracking this story. So, yeah, it was in January, in fact when Recovery Acres conditionally sold off this this land. And a lot of the people who had given a lot to this campaign saying, we had no idea. We didn't know that this project was in trouble. We didn't know that they were looking at selling off this land, that we'd put a lot of time and effort and open our own wallets into this fundraising campaign. And all of a sudden we find out that, no, it's not going to happen. We're going to sell the land and, and too bad. So, yeah, weird and unfortunate story. Absolutely. 403-974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.